Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? (laughs) Well, maybe my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. (laughs) Well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine. And I'm Stephen. And today we're talking about... Truth. So yeah, that's obviously particularly salient for you given your background, where you come from, having a religion that is bold enough to call itself the truth and then to look for your own truth. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, as a as a Jehovah's Witness, we called it the truth. I called it the truth. Mm. Uh, witnesses still call it the truth. So um, for those people who get letters from or get approaches from their former JW colleagues, they mm. are always asked to come back to the truth, you know. Um, so it's, uh, it's just a, a linguistic way of Obviously, trying to emphasise the fact that they believe it is true, and it, but it is the, the truth, mm. um, and that that is a kind of big claim, isn't it? Mm. That this religion, this organisation, holds the truth. It's such a big topic. So, did you have a a plan as to where we should start? I suppose the place to start is to, like as always, really, is to is to try and define your terms. But the word itself is 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 kind of so so big and so difficult to define that in a way that's that is the whole podcast you know Mm. (laughs) defining truth is the podcast so you can't really define your terms like you would normally um but i suppose essentially what we think what we believe when when we're told this is true is that this is a fact so if somebody tells you something is true um then what they're doing is they're making a claim to objective reality so um the way we understand truth i think in certainly in the west and certainly in modern times is that it's a reference to something that is real that is out there in the world what can i what can i give as a as an example of of a fact um there is a brown bin outside my window so that is a claim to be a factual statement there is a brown bin outside my window mm. and the, pe- the people that live near me would be able to support that claim to fact. So if you went and asked my next door neighbour, is there a bin outside Stephen's window? They would be able to say, yes, there is a bin outside Stephen's window, mm. a brown bin, in fact. Um, so these are claims to a truth that everybody can agree on, if you like. And even the people across the road, uh, they could look at, my house and the perspective that they can see and they can make a good judgment as to whether the statement I was making was true so I think that's how we tend to think of truth you know is this thing uh, a fact that can be substantiated um, as something that exists in the world as an objective reality it's interesting actually because I completely didn't think about this until we started talking in the actual podcast now is that 
I was reading a book actually called Picnic, Lightning, which is about reality and what is truth and these different opinions, so like neuroscientists' opinions on truth or just like um, physicists' opinion on what is truth and so on. And um, it's interesting, one of them was just like, basically your brain is just in a black box somewhere, like in your head yeah. and just accepting stimuli and then putting that together and constructing a truth from that, a reality. Yeah. So it's like, you know, my set of eyes will see this and then go in front of me, that's a stereo and like a set of functions will happen in order to tell me that that's what's going on and what reality is he was saying is like our agreed hallucinations <laughs> so he was like the things that we all like agree on is what we call reality because it's just what our little brains in our little boxes get inputted in and agree on and it's like yeah. and that's what we call reality which is an interesting one well yeah and this reflects a very old discussion around what we can call true um um, so yeah, there's a there's a whole question around: Is it true because we can all um, agree on something, or is that only the fact that we can agree on it because we all have similar sense making senses, if you like? So we all, you know, as human beings, we sort of talk about what's happening in the world. So if I was to say yes, the bin is outside my my window, um, that is framed in a very social set of assumptions and a social context that everybody knows what a bin is you know for mm. a start um everybody knows what my window is when i say in front of exactly what do i mean by that statement it's actually quite a wishy-washy kind of statement but i think most human beings would be able to work that out if you try to um code that for a computer it would struggle to understand what that meant and it would um you know, it would have to be in a very much more specific and much clearer definition of it. So as human beings, we have all these... I mean, it, when, at uni, we had this discussion about, you know, is is a table real? When you, when you see a table in front of you, you would say, yes, that table is real because I can see it, I can feel it, you know, if I bump against it, I can stub my toe on it and all of that. But the word table itself, you know, has a constructed meaning. You know, we could say that what we've got in front of us is um, some lumps of wood. Mm. Um, and that would be a better description of what we've got in front of us. The fact that it's a table means that we understand the whole set of things that come along with that construction. Mm. You know, you might be able to eat off it. You might be able to put things on it. Um, and it and it has all these other things that, that, that make sense to us within our within our culture so there's kind of this argument going on at the moment and every now and again it pops up again uh, Richard Dawkins did it the other day he made some comment on Twitter that you know scientific truth has been around for millions of years it always w was true it always will be true whether human beings are there to observe it or not so that's mm -hmm. kind of appealing to one school of thought if you like that there is this external truth that it's there there are things in the world that will be there are there whether whether humans are there to see it or not or to observe it or talk about it or not and then there's other schools of thought one kind of is this idea that you know there might be something out there in the world but it it has to be made sense of and that's where humans construct meaning 
behind all these things. So yes, you could in theory say there are rocks and there are trees and there are mountains and they were there and will be there regardless of where the humans are. But the, the rockness of it, the fact that we call it a rock and the the significance of it being a rock only exists as long as we're there to do that. It doesn't mean the physical thing disappears as soon as we disappear, but it, its meaning is gone. It's you know it, it only has meaning if there's some intelligent creature to give it meaning. And then on the other extreme, you know, you do have I think a very small but extreme school that is much more a kind of well, you know, there is no reality. It is all essentially conjured up by sentient creatures like us who literally create the world through our senses i don't think many people believe that um and i certainly don't believe that mm-hmm. but you know i guess there are some extremists out there. Mm-hmm. so yeah truth is a slippery concept you know it's not it's not easy you know what is truth well it, it kind of depends what you're talking about you know is it true that the sun rises in the morning what would what would you say to that yeah yeah so from a, a standpoint of standing on the earth, you know, looking out, you, you would say, yes, the sun rises, but actually the sun is not doing anything other than it's it's moving through space relative to all the other stars and so on. But um, the earth is revolving around the sun and turning on its axis, which is what creates the, the days and the seasons. So the sun isn't actually moving relative to the earth. It's the earth that's moving around the sun and it's the the earth that's rotating so um the sun isn't moving not in that sense the sun isn't rising it seems to be from our perspective we observe what looks like a rising sun so you know what is true is it true that the sun comes up um, moves up every morning well not really we as the earth we move and it appears that it's the sun that's moving Uh, another thing would be you know if you do this um, little calculation and so do it in your head two plus two times two what what is that just do that little calculation in your head so two plus two is four four times two eight is eight so you might say two plus two times two is eight but if you put that into a spreadsheet you'll get the answer six Mm. Um, and the reason for that is because of the way that it calculates that so it doesn't do two plus two first it does two times two first so Mm -hmm. two times two is four but then it does the adding the two at the start so that's two plus four is six yeah you'd have to use brackets you'd have to use brackets so it, it just depends on the rules and the assumptions you're making so is two plus two times two six or is it eight well it depends on the rules and we all have an agreed set of rules which not everybody knows so maybe we don't all agree but this is why that even things that we might think are very very simple can throw us off you know can make us uh, quite surprised because we have to understand what the rules are first the framework about the claim that we're making so it is it is quite complicated okay so when you were growing up what did you think truth was yeah, so we, we obviously felt that we had the truth, and again, it was that shorthand. Um, Jehovah's Witnesses make this claim to truth that actually doesn't really bear much um, questioning. You know, it, it doesn't hold up very long if you start asking what that means. Um, but it's just, and I think this shows the power of language, and it's actually quite a clever 
use of language if you can call something the truth if you label it that i think that makes it quite powerful um but yeah what is the truth so what do people when people say that that i'm in the truth when jw say that what do they mean because the the doctrines and the ideas about um what the bible says and so on um does change quite regularly you know we talked on a previous podcast about the failed prophecies you know the end of the the end of the world was coming in 1914 then it's coming in 1925 then it's coming in so on and so on so it's always changing and there's new lights they call it so new ideas about all the locusts mean this in the bible that refers to this group and oh no it doesn't anymore and all that we separate the sheep and the goats through the field ministry Um, oh no we don't do that that's not what the bible meant and then now apparently we're back to the original idea so if you call it the truth, it's kind of hard to justify that if it's constantly changing. So what do they mean by the truth? I think the only way we can understand what they mean by that is attached, being attached to this organisation that they think is representing God and that who through whom God works. So I think that's what they mean when they talk about the truth. It just means being a member and being a follower of this organization that claims to be the mouthpiece or at least the um the agent Mm. of god so that that's all i can i can think of but it you know it's a kind of bait and switch thing so uh, this i'm in the truth you know if you actually ask what that means that should mean a claim to truthfulness um, whereas I don't think it actually does mean that when you get down to it. What it really means is that they belong to this group, they belong to this club that claims to be representing God on earth. Mm. It wasn't just over, um, the religious text, because I always just think of it as the religious text was the truth. Like, the Bible is the truth, like your version of the Bible. Um I say yours, it's not yours anymore and that you're not involved with it. But you know what I mean? Like the Bible they use is their version of truth, like the written down doctrine. Um, I suppose anything that they, I think of the truth for them, if I was looking in at the witnesses to the degree that I have a bit more insider knowledge, I would think the truth is what they write down and put their name to, I guess. Um, because otherwise anyone... I think they don't want to give everybody the power to have the ability to give quote unquote the truth um, like they don't want any ministerial servant or any elder to be able to create a new truth so anything it's the written down truths and I guess that's including the ways that they tell them to behave you know from giving a talk to doing a funeral mm. I think you're right. It's very centralised. The the truth is is the thing that comes from the governing body, really, the organisation. That's what the truth is. Mm. An individual elder making his own decision about something is not. It doesn't hold the same level of truth. No, absolutely. I suppose um, it would be interesting to know at different. You'd have to like snoop in somehow. I don't know how you could do that. But if you went to individual congregations in normal times when they meet in person mm. um, and see where they believe more staunchly the organisational truth and where they follow maybe a more 
elder specific truth that would be an interesting thing i don't think there is any there mm. is no i mean i'm not saying that it, there might be some individual congregations where there are kind of maverick um, elders <laughs> but they're pretty you know i think the organization has a very tight grip on this mm. so it is very much you know that the truth is dead long live the truth sort of situation and that comes from the organization so as i said um we were told when we were going knocking on doors and doing the ministry that we were taking part in the separation of the sheep and the goats that actually Jesus was using us to be his instrument to separate people um so that's what we were doing so when somebody said no I'm not interested and they were rude to us or something then you know there would be conversations afterwards about oh that's a goat you know that's a that person's a goat um now it was kind of half tongue in cheek but there was the general feeling that that the way that people responded to our ministry was basically determining whether they were going to be a sheep or a goat and there were even kingdom songs that alluded to that and then at some point it was decided that no that actual sheep and goat separation doesn't happen at this time it happens later um and there was all these scriptures that were given to justify this new understanding new light as they as they like to frame it um and this is why actually this no we're not engaged in the separation work that's something that jesus does later um so that's the new truth so you know a day before that watchtower came out the truth was we were engaged in separation of sheep and goats the day after that's no longer the truth but then fast forward a few years and as i said now the latest as far as i understand it is that yeah actually the the ministry is again part of that separation of sheep and goats so that's now the truth so the question is how can you have something that was true then it's totally different and then it's back to the original thing but all still be the truth you know i suppose there's this belief like of um the fallible nature of people and that they're only god's you know disciples or children or whatever and that they can't know all the time what the exact truth is because unfortunately he doesn't just tell you um so um sometimes you'll get it wrong but the truth was always there you just got confused or whatever (laughs) i don't know and that yeah that would that would um but that would require us to say we were wrong Mm. about that therefore it was never the truth you know Mm, mm. but that is never kind of understood so it it sounds like one of the um theories around truth is called the consensus theory of truth which is basically that whatever is agreed upon by or everybody is seen to be the truth so that would be a relativistic view of truth you know so if everybody with the brains in the box thing it's just all an agreed hallucination yeah exactly (laughs) So it kind of feels like they're 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 accepting that you know basically if we all agree, then that is the truth, um, and you've all got to agree if the governing body says it is true. So that's kind of the way it is. It's I revealed think it's a desire truth. to believe, isn't it as well? Because if you if you desire belief, you're not going to look for reasons to disagree, are you? So when they come up with new truths, you're not going to go but hang on a minute unless you're starting that journey of leaving or you know you're kind of mentally out you know but the very frame that very framing new truth it cannot be a new truth 
it can't be a new truth it can only be truth you know mm. if if that is actually happening then that's true if it's not happening then it's false do you know what i mean it's not like it's not like it's it these things are 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 mutually exclusive you know no, either right. either jesus is separating the sheep and the goats before the great tribulation or he's not you know that that those two things are mutually exclusive at least at least that's the way that the organization frames it you know because that's what they're saying it is something that is literally happening objectively out there in the world if you were to say that the whole thing is like an allegory is like a, a kind of illustration or a story that you can use to then apply however you want or in various ways and that's different that's that's about interpreting something and saying well it you know it can have this meaning or reading as you've called it in the past mm. it can have this reading it can have that reading and they can both be true mm. depending on the reading you give it but um, Jehovah's Witnesses are not like that. They are very actual black and white people, and they are very much about objective truth. So the truth they talk about is that they believe that literally, you know, Jesus is literally ruling from heaven, and he is doing stuff right now. Literally, there literally are angels that are objectively in the world out there doing things. There are literally demons and there is literally a devil. So it's not like a, a story. No. So Jehovah's Witnesses are very literalist in, and or they think about objective truth. Um, whereas if you're going to you know, live, by the, live by the sword, die by the sword. If that's your standard, then you better damn well have some good, good evidence for it. And stop changing your mm. ideas about what absolute truth means. Um just for a moment of levity there I do like the idea that it was live by the duck die by the duck because that's what I thought you were about to say when you said duck <laughs> live by the duck, by the duck. die, by, die the by, the by the duck um, yeah. no but I think that's what's interesting I think people when they have the debate around you know generally with Christianity or um, I think it's the same in, with Islam in terms of um, sexuality is that you know, a lot of people want them to just change it in the, you know, general doctrine and, and speak. And a few churches, quite a few churches have. But then it was quite recently, wasn't it, that um, the Pope actually was like, we cannot mm. abide by um, and, and, you know, accept or that that's OK, basically, yeah. that, that being LGBTQ plus is OK. Um, and I think the problem is... It's a bit like in the podcast where we talked about um, the pill as well. It's, it's kind of like tying yourself in knots in that for a new pope to change their mind, what does that mean to the previous pope and also like the truth that they set in motion? Um, so it's like you kind of tie yourself in knots. And I think sometimes I wonder if these religions and religious bodies and, you know, vicars and popes and everyone that's you know in positions of power actually care that much about that or like you know really think it's that evil or if they just have to carry on because it it debunks or like allows issues and reveals problems of a greater scope you know on the one hand i think secularists and um non-religious people actually often they let religions off the hook quite quite easily by 
by appealing to uh, relativistic truth, you know. So they might say things like, um, well, you know, um, you know, people will believe whatever truth they they that makes sense to them, and that's kind of good enough, you know, fair enough. Each of their own. Let people believe in whatever gods they want to. Um, it's true to them, and that's important, and so on and so on. But the irony is, is that the religions themselves will have none of that. Mm, they'll have no. none of that you know so jehovah's witnesses just wouldn't accept that so they would appeal much more to objective truth and say no this actually is true this this is objectively true there are these things out there like angels like demons like gods and armageddon is coming this is not an allegory we can't get anything out of this other than it is the absolute truth so in that respect they're much more like scientists mm. Whereas you get the comparative comparative religion people might say, well, you know, it's up to you, you know, believe what you like. And it's, it's important for you to, to be able to make sense of the world in your own way. But they're not, they're not, they're not after that at all. They don't want that at all. They just want you to know that this is the truth. So they're very unreasonable, I would say, in that respect. But, you know, if you believe it is absolute truth, then fair enough. But that's, that is quite amusing. Mm. I think the other thing is, as you say, um, you can either get yourself tied up in knots by saying the Pope is infallible, therefore um, anything that another Pope says 200 years later, if it disagrees with the former Pope, that, that makes you have a problem because you can't have two different truths. Um, I think where the, the society, where the organisation, Jehovah's Witnesses, the way they get round that is they, they talk in very kind of... Um, contradictory terms about it so on the one hand they would say that the governing body including the that those that write for the uh, watchtower and so on they're not inspired they're not inspired which means that if they they change it's not like god made a mistake it's obviously it's because they're interpreting um, they're interpreting something differently on the other hand you have to accept that god is using the organisation and particularly the governing body to give food at the proper time. So if you're saying that, then that suggests that God is actually giving or allowing mistakes to happen because it suits his purpose until he's ready to tell them the actual truth. Mm. So, you know, as I keep coming back to this example, but there are lots of them, you know, sheep and goat separation. Yeah, that's what's happening. No, that's not what's happening. Yes, that's what's happening. Now, if the governing body are being led by Jesus and Jehovah, then why is he doing that? You know, why is he why is he allowing them or even guiding them to these completely contradictory ideas? And there's a mm -hmm. whole bunch of you know loads and loads of mm -hmm. like you know pyramidology and um, and things around disfellowshipping and things around um, like I said the locusts and who can preach in the kingdom hall and who the 144,000 are and all of these things. Lots of them have amendments and changes. So the organisation calls it increasing light. Um, but what that really means is it gives them an excuse to say, no, this is the new truth now. Mm. Um, so it's all very confusing and um, it doesn't really appeal to the sort of objective truth that they would like to believe it does. I suppose just um, moving away for the last sort of small section here before we wrap up but um talking about you know obviously we talked a lot about 
Bible truth there and where witnesses find truth and so on. But um, there's also now a question of in this modern world where people find their truth, because a lot of people aren't religious now, I think. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people are secular or they don't go to church, even if, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm Catholic, but they don't really go. Um, right. So where do people find their truth? So, you know, as opposed to going you know because witnesses are a strong example of where they find their truth just because they go twice a week to meetings and they do research in their own time whereas you know when you don't have that you're open to quote unquote the truth all the time from different places and avenues yeah i mean it is i think it's a very modern question it's a very important question um and i think it's relevant to those leaving a high control groups like Jehovah's Witnesses because you leave you leave um, a, a set of truths if you like or you leave what you thought was the truth that incorporated a whole bunch of truths like you know we were created by God Adam and Eve was true the flood was true all these rules about how we should behave are there for our benefit because God knows best and all that. all that is seen as being true and then when you leave of course you have all these difficult decisions to make you know what do i think about this issue what do i think about that issue and also you know what where do i get my truth from you, you can't just go to the watchtower uh, libraries anymore and say oh what's the latest truth on this you know you have mm. to decide is it the right thing to um have contraception what what should i think about abortion what should i think about um assisted dying Th these are questions that you have to grapple with then and you have to find um authoritative sources about what is true so yeah where do you go and i mean i think i worry actually it's one of my big worries as more and more people leave these sorts of religions um so it's almost like you know you can imagine people going out of one um very high control cultish group and going straight into another one because they're almost conditioned to, well, where do I get my truth from now? You know, mm -hmm. give me my facts, give me my facts, I need my truths. And then somebody's always ready to go, here we are, here's your truths, these are a new mm -hmm. set of truths, take these. And, and before you know it, you're, you're into another crazy belief system. So, yeah, there's so many things that are on YouTube, there's so many conspiracy theories, there's so many alternative facts. Mm -hmm. The internet is rife with these claims to truth that you know oh you've been being lied to all your life you know this is the truth the earth is flat you know this is the truth um how do you make sense of all of that i think that's a massive question so can i ask you a question Celine? Mm. so when when you have a question when you want to know you know what should i think about this question Apart from bringing it up on the podcast, mm -hmm. uh, where do you go to? So if you want to know, I don't know, what, what, the, um, what the environmental cost of using plastic bottles is or what, I don't know, from that to what should I think about um, abortion or what should I think about this practice, um, you know, uh, in, in India or in Australia, where do you go to to make, to help you make your decisions about what you think is true? I think it's dependent on what I'm looking up. So obviously for the veganism, vegetarianism podcast, I wanted to look stuff up previous. So I did a Google, but I looked for particular sources. So I found an independent article on it, but um, I 
it, the or a Guardian article or something, but it was linking to the original scientific journal. So I went specifically to the scientific journal because I knew it wouldn't be sort of popularised and um, made more fantastical. And I could actually see directly where they were, um, what they were quoting, as opposed to, it's very easy to take a quote and then to, um, to hold it within a paragraph that makes it seem one way when in fact it could mean another. Um, although a scientific article is incredibly dense and a lot more boring <laughs> than, you know, a popularised um, news article, it just gave me the facts that I needed. So, you know, that particular article I read made mention of how it's really um, just um, counterproductive it, it, it made the statement that it's counterproductive to eat meat because they get the protein and all the nutrients from the grass and then we, we eat the meat and then we get the protein but if we just ate vegetables in the first place um, it would be as good as and it's a huge like um, pointless exercise basically um, and, and they were saying like you know but that I couldn't find that quote anywhere I have no idea where that was ever said mm. by that man and they don't reference each individual thing but I went to the article and I got all the actual stats and information because he doesn't put himself into that it's his research but it's not his personal feelings so the article played up the fact that he's now a vegan himself and that he thinks that eating um, meat is really inefficient and that it's like as pointless as you know putting diesel on a car that's for petrol so you know what I mean like mm. they really played up all of that angle um, but then on a in a article like a year later because I think there's one was a year later and one was wherever they're like this is why the fad of veganism is stupid <laughs> do you know what I mean so whatever way it's like even news articles you need to be aware that they'll be taking a particular angle mm. um you know it's a person writing it it's a particular climate that they're writing it in um, sometimes we're really mad at the vegans as a society and sometimes we really love the vegans so you need to think about where we are in a society why are they writing that article they're trying to get clicks ultimately you know they get paid through the adverts and the cookies down the sides so they need you to click and they need you to stay for as long as possible so you know that is going to be that way so and that's why I clicked onto the scientific journal because I know that some of those things, not all, but some of those things that are in play there will be removed by going to the scientific journal instead. Um, you know, like the BBC is really good in um, England because it's meant to be, um, it's meant to be quite more down the middle. It's not meant to take a political stance. Um, I think people would say that it is more left-leaning than right-leaning, but that's a thing to keep in mind when you read things. Mm. Like. I know where the sun's coming from, you know, if, um, I know that... That's the, the paper, the sun. Yeah, no, yes, I know where the sun, the Daily Mirror, mm. so on, I know where they stand from, I know where the Independent and the Guardian mm. stands from, for instance. It's a bit of a joke, isn't there was, um, I read a short story once where it was like, she was pushing her trolley around, you know, a, a shop that was nondescript but definitely Waitrose you know picking up her guardian and getting some calamati olives you know and it was like you can see that person so think about who they're writing it for yeah. if they're trying to appease you if they're trying to convince you of something mm. I take that into mind um, and I think maybe it's easier to be like that when you've gone and sought out some information because mm. you're seeking it out and you're researching potentially versus when you're 
having news just pop up into your life for instance mm. social media um i would say i don't really spend a lot of time on facebook when i do people obviously share articles a lot um and people will make statements um i'm one that i don't have loads of people on my facebook i don't i'm trying to slowly siphon them down even i'm, I'm trying to really just have people that i want to talk to on there mm. um because i use it more as a messaging kind of app mm. so it's for me a way of staying in contact but i know that facebook can be quite detrimental in terms of people finding stuff mm. it's easy to share stuff it's easy to get sucked into the hole um i know that the algorithm on youtube can be quite bad in terms of they want to keep you in longer and apparently like feeding you stuff that will either rile you up or agree with your statement more is what they kind of do so you might get start watching a video about why the earth is flat because you think it's funny and you'll end up in some sort of weird pit by the end from the yeah. pre-rolls that you get selected for you um so there's different ways that different apps will feed you news and um news all in commas here mm. um and and try because ultimately the thing that i think is really important to keep in your head is that they're these apps are all for free but they're not really you're paying for them with your time <laughs> time mm. is a resource and your eyes on them is what they want and because mm. they're getting paid through advertising and so on mm. so they just want to keep you in so if a way of keeping you in is just feeding you weird fake news stuff then they'll keep doing that and mm. um, but obviously it's more of a passive experience versus the first one i talked about where you're seeking out news you might be more actively aware and, and thinking about what you're looking at versus i think social media is more of a passive news experience so it might be easy for it to kind of wiggle into your brain without you even realizing mm. oh, that's interesting yeah yeah i think um i think that's interesting you talk about the, the passive and the active way of of trying to find out truth i think that's that's a really interesting separation they both have their risks and their benefits don't they mm -hmm. um i think when you're looking for something there's the the other concern is this confirmation bias yeah. so you know you you want to know the answer to a question you think you know it already so you'll find the article or the youtube presenter that gives you the answer that you kind of wanted that you expected that you think is is closely aligned to what you thought already and then that becomes a confirmation of yeah that's right and and because youtube is so huge and as is the other social networks um whatever it is whatever crazy idea that's just popped into your head there will be somebody yeah. that um is out there proposing it or promoting it so you've got to be careful that that you don't allow that to um to color your yeah your view or suddenly i found all these other people that mm -hmm. thought the same as me you know we must be we must be the ones that have have the truth i think it's important to consider as well so for instance there are people that I trust that I will listen to and be like, oh, that's an engaging conversation to have. Like, I really, really like Lena Norms on YouTube and she does like Agony Ant style videos where people will ask questions and she'll give advice or like, this is what I did or like the 20s toolkit. So like, here's things to do when you move into a flat. And I'm like, that's real useful to have someone that you kind of trust. Um, but 
I, I guess don't allow yourself to get sucked in in the sense that I really trust her and I guess it could be easy to be like I don't know like um she doesn't want kids because I think you know for many myriad of reasons and also like the planet and future and stuff and you could easily be like and I shouldn't as well because like Lena thinks that so obviously I need to be you don't need to agree completely like I, I have trust and faith in her she did a really good video partnered with the NHS about the vaccine that was really really useful and I trusted everything that was said in that but like you need to be aware that like people are fallible and yeah. just because you trust them doesn't mean mm. they're always going to provide you with the right stuff like I'm sure that Pete we do this a lot it's just we're a bit at sea maybe in the new landscape of social media because we do this with friends like you'll have friends that you disagree with you know mm. um, and you'll have friends that y- you you go ah. Oh, what are they on about but you don't always confront them but you'll just be like oh, okay you know that's not mm. true but i'm just gonna carry on eating my spaghetti you know um but like you, you know what i mean like we're always doing that with people we're engaging with in person but then online it's either like vitriolic hate if someone disagrees with you or it's like complete like resignation to all of a truth and like you completely agree with everything they say but i just i guess encourage people to remember the way that you'll be with friends and family like you can like people and get on with people and have some shared beliefs mm. and i say beliefs because you know you don't have your religious to have beliefs so you can believe certain things are um the right things to do true for whatever but um you know you don't have to agree on everything and i think we could apply that to the social media landscape as well yeah i think so i mean the, the primary thing that we should be looking for is evidence so when somebody makes a claim, the first thing, and I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm banging on the same drum all the time, but the first thing that I think about is where's the evidence for that? Um, and there's some things that require more evidence than others, you know. So mm-hmm. it, if you are making a claim that is completely contrary to uh, mainstream science and what everybody um, accepts as being true, then I think it's it is incumbent upon you to provide mm. some pretty strong evidence, and there are some out there that I think are very interesting. There's there's a a particular person at the moment that's um, I, has come onto my radar, and she's a uh, she's a professor. She's very well qualified. She's criticising a lot of the psychiatric practices that are done by professionals. Um, and she's getting a lot of vitriol because of that obviously from the professionals and so on now at the moment I don't know what I think about that I know that um, I I think there's some area of concern around the way that certain drugs have been used so um, I I appreciate that but on the other hand I don't know whether I agree with everything she said so what I'm going to do I've got it earmarked in my reading list I'm going to I'm going to buy her book and I'm then going to use that and see what the the more established psychiatric experts say. Um, I'll see if I can get hold of a few papers that talk about some of these issues. Um, and then I'll, I'll make a decision about, you know, but I probably won't even make a 100% decision. I'll feel, well, I can see some of that and I can see some of that. And it takes a long time. But this is a person who's got a lot of qualifications. She's a practicing um, medical doctor. She, you know, she is very well qualified um but even then i'm not just going to accept what she says because she says it um and 
it's I think that's the first thing. So yes, the person making this claim about X, whatever it is, and I don't want to use an example because then that sends everybody down rabbit holes. But you know, I'm going to make a claim about X. You know, everything you thought about X is wrong. Here's the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth about X. Well, if somebody makes that statement, then I want to know some that they've got some pretty damn good mm. evidence for it. And that evidence is not sending me to another YouTube channel with another bloke saying, yeah, this is absolutely true. You know, I need yeah. some proper research. That research needs to be have been done by qualified people who have used good methods. Um, it needs to have been reviewed and challenged and so on. And that takes time. Mm. So some guy in his basement on a YouTube channel saying, you know, this is the truth. You need to forget everything you've ever been told. I'm sorry, unless you give me some really compelling evidence, not just another YouTube channel or another YouTube click or a whole bunch of rumours, then I'm just not going to accept it. Um, and that's, for me, that's a really important um, bar that mm -hmm. anybody claiming to have... Um, a truth needs to be able to get over but that of course applies to science as well but that's the way that science works well yeah it has um, to get peer-reviewed and be yeah and be um replicable it can't just be one person's evidence like you have to be able to do the study again and for it to be um replicated by multiple different scientists in order for it to be recognized as probably true it's important to understand the different types of truth claims that are being made. So if you're making a truth claim about the shape of the planet, for instance, mm. that's a very particular type of truth claim. If you're saying that the Earth is flat, then that's a physical truth claim that needs to be evidenced by physical evidence. So mm. you need to demonstrate by physical evidence that everything we think is true is, is changed. I mean, the, the understanding... The prevailing understanding about the Earth is that it is spherical shaped-ish um, and that we live on the surface of that planet. If you're going to say something different then you need to present some physical evidence that it's not. Mm -hmm. um, and if you can't do that then I'm going to stick with the the prevailing wisdom on that um, that idea. If you say something like you know gender is a constructed notion then that's a much more difficult truth claim to test because you're into questions about you know what do we mean by the word gender is it different to the sex of an individual and so i think there are there's lots more questions to ask around that and you know i might have a particular view on that um but I can see why there's disagreement about the the answer to that question. Um, but it's not you're never going to find it by having a very simple mm. kind of physical experiment, if you like, no. because you may be actually defining it in different ways. So you've got to first of all agree with what the definition is about that. Do you know what I mean? So mm. so yeah, there are different sorts of truth claims, and they require different sorts of treatment. So physical truth claims, one thing. Um, truth claims about society, the role of men, the role of women, um, the way that we should treat um, transgender people, the way that we should um, combat racism. All of these, these are often also truth claims, but obviously a much more 
difficult to demonstrate an absolute truth around because they're around social constructs whereas mm. the shape of the planet is not you know so i think mm. it is important to understand these are different things mm. um, and we need to approach them in in different ways i think perhaps another thing that we can slip in there right at the end of this podcast is is the future of the truth you know because i think the truth is under threat the idea that we um we don't know who to believe and what to believe i think is a very important question mm. um going forward into the future um we've got these deep fakes that are now have kind of been used playfully at the moment but um could and probably will be probably even are being used to try and convince people that's uh, you know, somebody said something that they haven't and so on. Even that's been done even before. But I think with f- these deep fakes, it means that anybody can kind of take the appearance of somebody and make them say something yeah. um, completely different. And that could be quite worrying. Well, I think it's interesting that we say about that in terms of the future or in terms of like it's being discussed now because I know there was that Channel 4 thing with the Queen and everyone started talking about it but I felt like I was seeing it loads before that anyway um, like that video that um, where they make Keanu Reeves save someone um, from a robbery that was done, it's quite funny isn't it I don't know if you watched I, I've it I've not seen it, I saw a reference to it today actually but I've not seen oh, it oh you should watch it, it's really good and they're just funny people like, they're, just, they're just like a production studio right. that does VFX and like they do a lot of um, silly YouTube videos mm. where they do VFX challenges and stuff and one of them was like make Keanu Reeves save somebody from a robbery <laughs> and it's really good it's just very funny um, a lot of it is you know, just the guy getting the mannerisms right and so on and then it's hours of rendering um, and putting facial features through and so on so like there still is a line of needing uh, certain software but if you watch that video and, and anyone can watch that just type in like Keanu Reeves deepfake it'll come up um and just watch because it's really good and it's obviously it shows you how they are a production company but they're not like you know they're not huge huge you know they're not um they're not a massive filmmaking they're not ilm no they're just Mm. they're just um like a a smaller time production company yeah that um does really well off youtube and stuff but like you know they can do it yeah. Um, and, and I've seen them doing that and it's only going to get easier isn't it technology yeah, yeah. technology always, always improves so. yeah. but so, I think yeah. um, we'll be aware of it and I'm sure there'll be many rules and regulations and ways yeah. of you know people always try and cheat things don't they but I think I, I, I think I, so but, I think it'll but be again controlled. I, I believe that that emphasises even more the scepticism we should have when we see something the first question we should be asking is you know is this genuine and what's the evidence for the claims being yeah. made here i think if we did that for everything mm-hmm. then and that in a way it doesn't matter who is um yeah. who is saying it you know what, what's the movement. evidence for it there is a movement towards that at the moment actually yeah. but i see it in regards to body image and um things like that so there's um she's called dana something on instagram where she just posts things and goes this is what posing does so it's literally like you know when these people are like putting all these like ripped like abs pictures up and or like being like beach body ready or whatever and she's like yeah if you just pose like this it makes you look like this versus when she just stands there and looks like a person but she was like she goes from looking just like a person to like someone you would see on a 
you know a cosmopolitan advert or something from knowing how they pose because she's a journalist as well so she's like you know this is just how they do that she's like also these are the apps that people use and like here's some before and afters of the people that you think that you should measure up to and it's like no actually this is just good lighting like she shows the power of lighting she's like here's natural light here's studio lights here's um part shadow here's the different times of day this is just and it just completely changes the whole aesthetic she's like and now i'll stand like this and i'll wear my clothes in this particular way and now i look like this and it's like it's all remember instagram is a moment so i think there is a kind of like and i see a lot of these now being like this is how i created this image or like it's like you know these perfect pictures of the beach when like their children and everything and it's all idyllic and then it's like well actually it was like a cloudy day and I just edited the sun up and you know things like that so we're kind of going I can see as we're having that conversation about still images so I imagine that that will only continue with with video manipulation especially because people are putting filters over their videos to have perfect skin in all their videos and things like that like that's already started in that degree um so yeah, that it'll edit in like blush and things like, and it'll track the face. So they're already, we're having those conversations. So I can only hope, I suppose, that that will continue in terms yeah. of just what people are saying too, because we're aware now. Well, you're more optimistic than me, mm. <laughs> I would say. Um, yeah, my my concern isn't about the people like you. It's the people that no, they just, you know, accept everything because such and such said it, um, and and we know. This is the case from some of the ideas that people have, um, even now, you know, around what truth is. So, um, mm. but yeah, let's hope, let's hope um, we find our way through this because I think it is important um, to to have a at least some commonality of what mm. of, of the basis of, of reality, you know. Mm. And if we don't have that, then I think that's going to make it very difficult to be able to even talk to each other, which is, you know, is actually. Hopefully Quite we're just worried. in a transitional phase because it yeah. is still new. Like I know we feel like so comfortable and uh, at home in our online space, but it is really, really new still. So hopefully, yeah. you know, we are just in a transitionary phase. Like there was a, a we everyone did rail against the way magazines used to create false images and false expectations, and um, you know now it's legal that they can't just do that without explicitly stating and. You know, people just didn't buy them. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like people rallied against it. So yeah. hopefully, we'll, and I think I feel like I'm seeing that in terms of social media, for example, for body image, um, and and for things like, you know, yeah, discussions on fact and what is reality, and on or, or just on what you believe. So hopefully, we just keep having those conversations. All right, very good. So, truth done. <laughs> ticked yeah we'll probably come back to this in some degree yeah. or another on just the topics that we've touched on cool alright well thank you very much Celine good to talk to you yeah thank you Dan <laughs> and uh, yeah please don't forget to subscribe leave a and review like leave a message leave a review make comments um, we've had a few kind of nice little comments recently fed back to me through uh, my Twitter so Stevel Sheep is my own Twitter account, or which is a double E, so it's S T E E V I L. That's Sheep. correct. 
sheep at all one word obviously um or the one we keep talking about is the what's hitter um, and i tend to manage that as well so that's a good one mm-hmm. so that's at what and then s-i-t-a what's hitter correct what's so it yeah up? i go through and i do some little likes and hearts on things that people say so that's nice <laughs> Um, and next week is quite a special uh, podcast because we're doing our first one around assertiveness. Um, so the first Monday of every month, we're doing a special uh, session around you know, how to get more of what you want and need from situations. So this aligns with the training courses that we've been putting out. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've got any thoughts around, yeah, how do I... How do I get more of what I want or need from situations and what are some of the difficult situations you come across? I think, again, particularly useful for people who have come out of religions where you're basically told to shut up and do what you're told and not to think too highly of yourself and not to think too big of yourself. Um, Then to try and get what you want from a situation can actually be quite difficult because you've been told to be submissive. So, um, so I think that's quite an important um, subject. So if you've got questions about that, then send them in to the WhatsApp account. And we're, we're going to talk about, start talking about it next week. Mm-hmm. So hope, hopefully we'll see you then. Bye. Okay, bye. What Should I Think About is an Evil Sheep production. 